full circle. Full circle. Hi, I'm Miss Wanda, and this is Full Circle. Girlfriend, this is a place where you and I can connect. It's a show that embraces a 360-degree look at womanhood. It's our voice, our perspective. It's what we care about, and it's how we feel. Empowerment through conversation is what it is. This is Full Circle. And we're back. Thank you so much for staying with the program. I am your host, Miss Wanda. All right. The journey to self-care. Because, you know, it's so important to talk about this because, you know, people, I don't think people really understand that self-care is more than just a massage, which I'm no diss to the massage because, you know, I love a good massage. I will take, oh, I was going to say something crazy, but um, I love a good massage. So, it, it, it can be that, but it's so much more. But in, even before we get there, we have to do some of the work, the inner work, in order to get there. So my guests today are two phenomenal women that I absolutely love that we are going to have this deep conversation. And again, family, if you want to participate in the conversation, give us a call at 916-921-5333. So... Without further ado, let me introduce my guest to you, Tammy Hackbarth. She is the 100% guilt-free self-care coach, and I love this tagline. Her tagline on her website says, I help women get their time and energy back so they can go after their big life goals. And Tammy's going to talk all, I mean, I've known her, what, like two or three years now. Mm-hmm. And this is, and how we met was you were doing your self-care project, the 100 Women Project. So we'll talk all about that. But, you know, again, it's about, this is her life's work. So I'm going to let her explain. And then I have Donna Kirk, who is a new friend. Um, but when I found out what Donna did, I was just totally amazed. Donna is the founder of Deep Awakenings Hypnotherapy and Coaching. And like, if you saw my post last night, after 18 years, she decided to walk away from her nine to five and go into business for herself, helping other people find freedom in whatever, you know, to get to that thing, whatever that thing is. Yes. So let's talk. First of all, good morning. And thank you, ladies, for being here. Thanks for having us. We're I'm happy to be here. Oh, yeah, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Tammy's like, I'm just going to speak for everybody. I know. I'll I'll take over. Go ahead, Tammy. Uh, So thank you so much for being here. Um, This is a a very important conversation um, that all women need to have. Um, But before we get too deep into the conversation, first of all, I always like to have the guests introduce themselves to the family. So tell us who you are. Who is... Tammy, who is Donna? Who are you? Okay, so my name is Tammy Hackbarth, and I am a women's life coach and a podcast host. I have a show called the 100% Guilt-Free Self-Care Podcast. I'm a mom through adoption, and I am slowly becoming a lifelong Sacramento person. I moved here for a year, 21 years ago, and... I love working with women. I work so I, my my clients fall into two camps. They are entrepreneurs who think, 
oh, I have a great idea, mm-hmm. but I can't make myself figure out when I'm going to implement my great idea. Yeah. And my other clients are what I call civilians, non-entrepreneurs, people, like women that have regular jobs <laughs> right. who are like, wow, I want to make a big change in my life. I want to start a business. I want to write a book. I want to get the promotion. And I am feeling not quite confident enough to do it on my own. Mm-hmm. I need help to figure out how I can get from where I am to where I want to be. So before we go there, I, I just this just popped in my head. What's your Sacramento story? Because yesterday we were at Creative Mornings and Kook Singh. Um, he, so good. Oh, and he followed me on Instagram. <laughs> I'm do. so excited. Yes. Um, but he was talking about his Sacramento story, like how he got because his, you know, he's from London and people were like, Sacramento, really? Of all places in America, you went to Sacramento. So how you said you came here for a year. I did. Okay, so I'm a life coach now. I'm a, um, I would seem to be a serial career changer. Mm -hmm. So I moved to Sacramento in 1998 because then I worked in politics. I had, I moved here from Portland, Oregon, where I was working for a U.S. senator. And I moved down to Sacramento because I love the sun. And... I thought, oh, I'll move to SAC for a year, get some contacts, and move back to the Bay Area where I'm from Mm -hmm. and live happily ever after. And then instead of moving back to the Bay after a year, I bought a house and have lived here happily ever after because I feel like Sacramento is California's best kept secret. Yeah, It's super easy to live here. Uh, The people are awesome. There's so much room for growth and creativity and collaboration that I just fell in to this community that I was like, well, I guess I live here now yeah, forever and ever. Yeah. And I should work for the tourism board because every time I meet somebody, I'm like, so have you been to Sacramento? It's yeah. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's so cool how you were drawn to this for one reason, but ended up falling in love with it. And that's the charm of Sacramento, is that it really is a very nice place to be. You could, and you're you're close to everything, but within, and we live in the grid, which is totally awesome, right? Yeah. Living in Midtown is amazing because you're close to everything. But Sacramento has a charm that people, I think sometimes even me as a native, sometimes forgets about. And it's like, ah, it's, yeah, I live in Sacramento. But really, when you think about it, it really is a very charming city. I like to think of it as a, a big, small town, because mm-hmm. now that I've lived here for 20 years, like at Creative Mornings yesterday, I was like, oh, how do you know so-and-so? How do you know so-and-so? I'm like, well, I've been living in the grid for 20 years, yeah. and you see the same people over and over. Yeah. It's kind of fantastic. It, it's so amazing. Yeah. Now, Donna, jump on in this conversation. Tell the family about you. Who are Who is Donna Kirk? That is a great question. <laughs> um, I grew up in the area. I actually had my childhood up in Auburn. Still love that uh, beautiful, quaint little town. And um, and then I uh, went to high school, actually, in Vacaville. Uh, my parents uh, moved um, us down, my brother and I, down there uh, when I was about 12, I think. We moved down there. And, uh, and then, uh, what, 24 uh, I moved to Sacramento, the big city of uh-huh. Sacramento. Right. A lot of my friends were going down to San Francisco, and it was just too big for me mm-hmm. um, that way. So I, I moved up here and uh, basically been here ever since. Yeah? So, yeah. Fell in love with it as well, huh? I, I love it. It is. It is this little big city. Yeah. Right? You And, I mean, Tammy, I met Tammy uh, in the same coaching program, so... Um, 
that whole midtown circle you can't go too far without running into people you know here that's true and we're all three uc davis coaching alums just let's get that (laughs) out so so people recognize (laughs) but let's dive into the work because both of you are doing work serving people to help them to get to that thing i you know again i love that tagline of helping you to be able to i'm going to go back to it here so i don't say it wrong get your time and energy back so that you can get after go after your big life goals but you can't do that without doing the work and when i met donna at a mutual friend's house um shout out to jen love you jen um you talked about hypnotherapy and that's something I've always been interested in but you know seeing stuff on TV I'm like what you know do you have the watch that oh yeah <laughs> you know? <laughs> right. no I don't so I don't what, have that. what is hypnotherapy and how can it help us to start to break through so yes I get that question a lot um, because it is represented uh, uh, in ways that are uh, misleading to, to many people obviously through the media and such and then you go to the state fair and you know you see people clucking like a chicken mm-hmm. and I get that question a lot from people mm-hmm. and I they say are you going to make me cluck like a chicken and I usually say not unless you really want to right <laughs> <laughs> um, and and just to sort of address that for everybody, um, there's there's a level of willingness to participate in those kind of shows, right? I mean, the the hypnotist, they're not a hypnotherapist because they're not using hypnosis in a form of therapy in that situation. But they're asking the audience, hey, you know, I need some volunteers. And they only pick the people that raise their hand and go, me, me, me. Right. Right. Um, so... Uh, and so there's a willingness to go up there on, on some level and make a fool of yourself because everybody knows that's what you do in that show. And it is a hypnotist show. So um, now how does that same uh, use of um, hypnosis work to help people? Mm-hmm. Well, in a therapeutic sense, uh, you are entered into, it's essentially very like a trance-like state. It's a very natural state. People go in and out of it daily. Um, if you are uh, ever like, it's called like highway hypnosis, which is what you're driving along and all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, I forgot my exit. I you just- know what? That is such a thing. I used to go before I, I lived in San Francisco and I would come to Sacramento on the weekends to visit my, my family. And it would really be like, how did I get to Vacaville? Like, really? That's so... So there's actual highway hypnosis. Yes. There's a name for that. Yes. <laughs> I didn't mean to interrupt you, but no, it just, no. that just kind of popped up because that does happen to me. That or that used to happen to me. It happens to almost everyone, which is why I bring it up, because people can relate to it. Uh-huh. And it's... I mean, but you didn't run out, like drive off the road, right? Like, everything was still working. You were so conscious. You just... You know, on some level you were, but some other level you just kind of like daydreamed out. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that state, that sort of very relaxed mind state or, or singular focused mind state is the state of hypnosis. So it's that simple. It's just a, a I don't want to say deeper level of consciousness, but like a, a like a step beyond our actual knowing consciousness. Yes. So there's like there's the four like um, brain waves, like the, the beta, alpha, theta and delta. And beta is like right now when we're like all looking at each other and Uh talking. uh And as you go down the steps, alpha is next and then theta and then delta is like out. That's you know, you're not even dreaming in that state. But the other two states in the middle is where where hypnosis occurs. Okay, so it's, it's almost like before you're completely out unconscious. Can you get into either of the any of those states? Um 
with a resistance. So, you know, like some people, because they are not sure what's going to happen, if you will, like they may feel a level of apprehension or resistance. It Can you help? So, like, is that a thing that it can stop the process? Certainly. Um, and, and almost everybody does because of the media around it. People mm-hmm. think like, oh, my God, you know, what's going to happen? Right. Um, and so I work with that regularly. Uh, and, and I just tell people to just let that resistance be. Um, truly, all hypnosis is self-hypnosis when it comes down to it, because there's got to be a willingness mm-hmm. to go into that relaxed state with somebody. Yeah. Right. So if people come in and I'm working with them, I'll, I'll ask them, you know, what, why are they here? What are they wanting to accomplish? And if there's a true motivation for it and there's a, a good rapport between us, mm-hmm. it's almost never a problem to get people beyond that, that sort of initial hesitation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why hypnotherapy? Why did you get into this work? Um, well, some early experiences, I think, in my life. Um, I know for myself, uh, one of the turning points was, uh, gosh, probably about 15 years ago or so. Um, I'm a very natural, thin person. Yeah, um, it makes me sick when I go out to eat with her. <laughs> she always wants to get a burger, too. <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> I do love food. Um, uh, but when I was younger, I really struggled to put on weight. Um, and uh, and at one point, I had gotten sick from the flu, and I lost about 10, 15 pounds of my normal weight, which I'm six foot tall. So that it put me at about, I think it was like 125. Mm-hmm. Very not healthy. Um, and I struggled for almost a year to try to get that. And I mean, I was eating everything, Oreo, cookies, anything mm-hmm. you can imagine, shoving in my face. Mm-hmm. And just nothing was happening. And one, uh, one day I sat in my bedroom doing some meditation. And in meditation, I um, sort of a deep meditation, I became aware of this thought going through my mind, clear as day. And it said, you are too skinny. And I realized, like, I'm telling myself that, mm, yeah. you know, on a very deep level. And my body is agreeing with me. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. And I just, I basically burst into tears um, because I felt so horrible that I was like judging my body and here I am mad at it for not complying. It's totally complying with me because I'm telling it's too skinny. So um, that was, and and so I ended up apologizing to it and kind of uh, in that meditation asking it to uh, just be healthy and that I would work on changing my thoughts around it. Mm -hmm. Um, That, and I started thanking my food before every meal, looking at it like it's, you know, nutrition and a, a gift to my body and within one month gained 15 pounds and I have rarely had a problem with it since so that that experience really made me interested in how the the deep parts of the mind affect our lives mm-hmm. now that 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 thing that you were telling yourself I'm too thin was that a result of something that happened or that was said to you in childhood because a lot of times that's something you know we carry that baggage that stuff those things that are said to us and not necessarily said to us in harm but that were said to us that we start to believe and we pack it away deep down in our psyche and that's how it manifested for you Certainly. Yes. Yes. Um, I did get that a lot. People and, you know, gosh, you should eat something. And Mm -hmm. what's wrong with you? And, you know, of course, people didn't realize that I'm eating a lot of food. Just nothing's happening. Yeah. So, yes, very, very much so. 
That's so crazy how that came up for you. But you were in a state, like you mentioned earlier, of willingness. You were willing to hear what your body was saying to you. Yes. And it's so funny that people don't really pay. It's, it's Again, it's like your... Um, the amygdala, that gut reaction, that gut feeling, that fight or flight or whatever it is, is that your body is reacting to whatever stimuli or things that happened in our past. But when we're willing to be open and acknowledge it and really see it for what it is, we can totally let it go. Yep. And so you were ready. I went to a retreat this past weekend that was Totally phenomenal. Shout out to uh, Venice Johnson. I went to the the Boldism live retreat and the ladies are going to be on in uh, May. But um, one of the things that we did was a surrender exercise. And it was like, what are just write down all of the things that you want to surrender, that you're ready. And you have to be in a place of being ready in order to really, truly let it go. And I've noticed that since then, that things I'm like, yeah, I'm so much lighter in thinking because I was ready for that task. So so how do you help your clients? Do they just come for weight loss? Uh, like what kind of things do people come, typically come to you for? Oh, wow, that's, that's a good question too. Um, it, it's really kind of a wide uh, range of things. Um, hypnosis is uh, helpful in so many different areas because essentially it's, it's working on the deep parts of the mind. So um, I'd say the, the biggest thing, the most um, uh, popular reason people come is anxiety. Um, and, and weight loss is an issue or, or body image, relationships to food and such. Um, and, uh, and smoking is a big one, too. Um, but really what, what I find, because people walk in the door with things. I had somebody come in for tinnitus, um, and then, you know, they ended up having like this complete and total life change, right? Uh, and so that was only one part of it. And a lot of people come in with one thing, mm-hmm. but it's not really the thing. It's the person with the thing, right? So we end up doing all this work that ends up shifting other areas of their life. So it's, I kind of talk to people like, if you're ready for a transformation, if you're unhappy, if there's things that you're just, you know, you've tried everything and it's just not going anywhere and you're, you're just, you're ready to be free of it. Mm -hmm. This is a good place to come. This is a good work for you. And you bring up a good point too, is that while it may manifest in an ear thing or in smoking, there are lots of time, there are things that are underneath that. Yes. That uh, come up at in through your therapy sessions. Can someone come to you not knowing what the thing is? Just like, mm, I don't know. I just don't feel like my life's in a good place. That's all, you know, like, say if I just came to you with that. Yeah, what, definitely. <laughs> you know, I mean, like, if so if you don't really have a reason, but you just know that you want to either just want to try it or you just know things aren't right. That's a great reason to come. If, okay. In fact, if you know things aren't right, there's awareness that things aren't right and you want them to change, mm, right? And even if you don't know what it is, which is great because if you don't know what it is, well, that's where you go and you dig deep to find out what it is. You know, you don't have the answer in your conscious mind, but it's in there in the subconscious mind. So, and you have access, you can't, you can't access those things that are in the unconscious through the critical mind, through the analytical yeah. mind. You've yeah. got to go in deeper than that. Wow. I, you know, I'm so fascinated in this subject. I think it's, I, I think that it's the root to so many, I mean, like so many people can be free of whatever if they tap into, because a lot of the times we bring baggage with us, like I said earlier, from childhood or past relationships or whatever, and we tuck it down. 
we tuck it down and we don't really realize that that is the foundation or the the ground that these other seeds are being planted from and so they manifest in different ways smoking bad bad i don't say bad attitude but like anger um and and not all of it is i mean maybe i have something good happening and i i maybe i don't believe it so like doubt all of those things manifest from somewhere and so being able to tap into that so that we can really walk into the freedom that we you know so that our lives can be these amazing things that we want but for some reason there's like a glass wall like we don't feel like we can get to it a lot of times yeah and you bring up a really good point because i think there's a lot of uh um feeling and and uh, media out there that kind of points to like things that feel bad are bad mm-hmm. and often those things that are uncomfortable those things that aren't working they're actually they hold the answers to the freedom yeah. right so instead of running away from them uh, lean into them you have to explore in them and that's within that is where you find the little golden nuggets that lead to moving beyond them yeah. you know not around or under or over but through you know that and there's that transformation well i found that one of the things that keeps people from seeking out um, help from others is there's there's two beliefs that really prevent people from um, breaking through and one is they're selfish for focusing on their mm, own happiness that's good. or their own care or their own wanting something more than they have because others have less or they've been uh, they're following the role of, and you know, I work with exclusively women. So we're following the roles of, well, good women do this. Mm-hmm. And then the other is that they are somehow broken. Hmm. If they, if you need help from somebody else, then you must not be good enough as, as who you are. The program that we were talking about earlier, mm-hmm. when I, so in 2016, I interviewed a hundred women about self-care. Mm-hmm. And the reason I did it is I thought, is this just a thing for me? Because I, what I discovered in my own personal and professional life is that the, the more I work on my stuff in all realms, and it's not through manis and petties and massages, although I get manis, petties, and massages, you know, but I'm talking about working on boundaries. I'm talking about like actually sleeping when I'm tired, yeah. moving my body, um, setting up boundaries, working on my self-talk. So... I set up this interview series where I was going to ask 100 women from all over the world, and it turns out they were age 25 to 75. And when I asked, I asked four questions, what is self-care to you? Where's your self-care going well? Mm-hmm. Where are you struggling? P.S. PR uh, problem for exercise, because everybody it was like gym confessions 100% of was like, mm-hmm. oh, my God, I don't exercise enough. Right. right? It's like, God, <laughs> exercise makes everyone feel bad. Right. So I've rebranded it to movement. Mm-hmm. Everybody feels better about movement. Um, and then the last question I said was, but really, what's your deep, dark secret about self-care? We've been on the phone for like 25 minutes now. You know, like, and trust me. And that's where a big majority, like 80% of women said, it's selfish. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, tell me more. Tell me the stories that you learned from your family growing up. Like, what stories were programmed into you so that you're going to carry this on? 
to make you think that to make you think that you taking the time the money and the effort to take care of yourself makes you a bad person like what what where did that come from and it was like no not a surprise mm-hmm. from my grandma from my mom mm-hmm. from every woman in my community mm-hmm. from the men the kid like it like it's we can say that like it's a pretty um established belief in our culture that most people think self-care is selfish yeah and then there was a small subgroup and i fall into this subgroup which is well there must be something wrong with me if i need this level of care i am somehow broken mm-hmm. that i i i have to do all these things and then you longingly look at other people and think well she doesn't have to do this but what i what it turns out is we all need it we all have non-negotiable needs wants and desires to make our one life the biggest one we're ever going to have but we have this tape in our head that what we need is wrong and selfish yeah and so i feel like that's a big barrier to actually getting somebody into donna's office to then dig into like so what is it where does it come from and how can we move beyond it and what I always love when my clients come to me, because, and I was telling Donna earlier, you know, even though I'm the 100% guilt-free self-care coach, zero people call me and go, I'm having a self-care emergency. Right. Can you help me right. with this? Right. <laughs> and I'm like, do I change my tagline? Do I change the name of my pot? Like, what should I do? But what I realized is they're saying to me, oh, I understand you are going to, quote, make me do stuff. And it's and and it's funny because I feel like people are like, well, I I have to do it because my coach said it. And mm-hmm. I'm like, that's one way to look at it. And I said, I'm offering you a different way to lead to lead your life. Mm-hmm. I'm offering you a way to where you actually feel rested on Monday and are ready to go to work. Yeah. I'm offering you a way to go after your promotion i'm offering you a way to feel comfortable and confident in your own body like we 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 partner with our clients to help them overcome those deep thoughts Mm -hmm. we overcome the obstacles that get in the way of people actually doing what they need to make the growth yeah to get what they want yeah and if i can add just to that what you're saying about that self-care um, I took a, a course back in college, a um, self-defense course, and it was fascinating because um, the teacher, Midge Marino, was amazing, uh, but she asked the whole class, and this was a co-ed class, and she asked the whole class, if somebody grabbed you with the intent to hurt you, what would you do? And the guys were like, oh, I would kill him, I, you know, whatever. Um, and the women almost unanimously were like, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I think I might you know, freak out. I might just scream. I, I, I'm afraid I would just kind of, uh, you know, freeze. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Freeze. Yeah. Um, and then she said, interesting. Okay. Let me ask you the same question. If someone grabbed your child mm, or a loved parent and intended to hurt them and the women like over the men were like, Oh no way. Mm-hmm. You know? And, and it was just a sort of such a, a huge awareness of going, wow, it's so deep in women that you, you have it in you to mm-hmm. take care of other people. In fact, that's what we do, mm-hmm. but we do not have it to give to ourselves. Yeah. yeah. Even in harm, even in a physical harm from somebody. Right. And what's interesting though, and I, and, and it's like, where did this self-care thing come from? Yeah. I did not fall out of the 
fancy self-care tree. Like, <laughs> yeah. I also come from the land of it's selfish. You only take care of it when you, like, a medical doctor yeah. needs to be called. But so two two men in my professional life, one, an acupuncturist, took a look at me and he was like, you're going to drop dead. You need to take care of it. I was like, yeah, nice, delicate talk, sir. Just put the needles in. I'm here for this service. <laughs> right? not, not your opinion. Right. Um, and then the other one was, so I, I came here for politics and then I became a teacher as one does. And my, and my, um, my principal was like, you are such a great teacher. And I was like, thank you so much. He's like, why are you so grumpy? Why are you so resentful? Why do you suck the joy out of the room? I was uh, like, wow. Why are you hurting my feelings? Right? <laughs> Ouch. And I thought, I don't know why. And so basically the long and short of it is is I took it personally and I decided, well, I'm you know what? I'm not going to work so hard. I am not going to try to please you. And then I was like, well, now I have all this free time that I'm not working all the time. What am I going to do instead? And I thought, well, that other guy did tell me if I didn't get my stress under control, I'm going to drop dead. <laughs> right. So what do I need to do to get my stress under control? And I thought, well, there is that yoga studio around the corner from my house. Maybe I should go regularly. So I started going to yoga regularly. And then I was like, well, still have some more free time. And I started cooking home-cooked food regularly. And then I started like going out and having fun with my friends regularly. And all of that is self-care. Exactly. And it's funny how even though, you know, the stress was the catalyst, and that's okay. Totally. However you get there is how you get there. Yeah. It's just get there and stay there. Well, get there and stay there. But the long and short of it, after a, a couple of years, I was like, oh, crap. When I feel better, everything around me mm, is yeah. better. Yeah. My job is better. My relationship is better. My parenting is better. My teaching is better. I was like, this is so counterintuitive because we there's this idea that you are going to fix everything out there and that thing being better out there is going to make you feel better. Spoiler alert, that's not how it works. Yeah. When you fix what's inside, and mm. by fix, I mean care for, love, nurture, nourish you, then everything outside of you becomes better. And as a woman especially a woman with a child, the kids are watching us to learn how to be grownups. Yeah. So do you want your future son or daughter as a grownup to be modeling your life? Or do you want them to be people who know how to take care of themselves and how to nourish themselves and nurture themselves and therefore the relationship they have with their kids? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like we've been sold this bill of goods and, and how we get it sold is, well, your hair's not right. You should color it. You're too fat. You're too thin. I have a program for that. Mm -hmm. Like when we come and we do the deep work of really nourishing who we are inside, then all the things that come from that are it's 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 this counterintuitive model, mm -hmm. right? And there's the diet industry and like yeah. all the all, we've, get, all, we've got so much stuff thrown at us, we telling do. us that we're not enough. adequate or good enough. Yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah. So um, 
I, I'm big on doing experiments, like what will happen if I do this? Yeah. What will happen if I do that? And um, like I stopped reading women's magazines mm-hmm. because I was like, what will happen if I don't see um, all these ads? Oh my God, you guys, I feel so much better about myself because I'm not comparing myself so to airbrushed models. <laughs> right? It's amazing. That's Just that so one crazy. simple thing. Just, I was like, what else could I do? And and that and sometimes we need to do that, right? We need to experiment and see what works and doesn't work for us, yeah. right? So maybe that thing, like for me, I don't watch a lot of TV. I certainly don't watch the news because I found that my soul was like always either on hyper vigilance or just like sad, you know? Hypervision is like, oh my gosh, look at that guy. He looks suspicious or whatever. And then, or just always sad, like, oh man, there was another death today. You know, listen, you right. know. Mm-hmm. Or like, what can I do? So mm-hmm. I, I, one of the, one of my self-care things is I'm hyper-focused on my media content. Like I watch one live Monday through Friday. Mm-hmm. It's a half an hour show. Mm-hmm. And um, I might watch a news program, but other than that, I'm done. Yeah. I don't read headlines. I I curate I curate my news feed yeah. to get what I need to take action, and then I let the rest go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's so important that I don't. Sometimes I don't even think people realize what how we're being bombarded with all of this stuff. And again, it just we just start to push stuff down and pack it away, and then it manifests in some way. It's interesting that you said your. Um, your acupuncturist was like, you need to get it together because your body was exhibiting. Your body was crying out for help in a way. Uh, um, in all of the ways. Yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, oh, yes. I wish you guys would have known me 10 years ago when uh, that happened uh-huh. because a like my skin, like I had really broken out skin, like I had acne. My hair was really brittle. Mm-hmm. Like I had all of these physical manifestations of stress. And mm-hmm. I was like, but you don't see it in yourself because you right. see yourself every day. And you're like, I'm always this uptight. Why is this going to be a problem <laughs> right? now? Or we don't realize that those things that are manifesting in us with our hair, you know, breaking off and, you know, acne and things like that can be a sign, a, st- a sign of stress. Like we may not realize it like, oh, my hair is breaking out. Let me get, you know, your doctor's quick to give you a prescription for something and a lot or of- you go to the hairdresser mm-hmm. and they and they try to fix it and mm-hmm. you're like okay well we just masked the symptoms right. instead of fixing the underlying problem right oh man this is such can we can we talk just like one second about yes. like the the parts because self-care most people think is the stuff that we do sort of topically it's the manis the petties the skincare the this and again it can be all of that but really it's the intentional acts that we take to create a life that we don't want to escape from. Ooh. And I heard that. I love that. I, that is not an original. I really should find that. But if you Google it, somebody, <laughs> you'll be like, oh, that's an article from that thing. But when I read that, I was like, that's exactly it. And it encompasses how you take care of your physical body, how you take care of your relationships. And I include our relationships with ourselves. One of the most life-changing things I did was I undertook kind of like um, a boot camp around my self-talk and just changing how you speak to yourself Mm. can change your life. So the relationship you have with others, the relationship you have with yourself, your mental health. So what's happening in your head. Mm -hmm. If you have underlying like childhood trauma, like 
really working to take care of that. Yeah. Um, and then how you take care of your spirit, how you take care of your money, how you take care of your physical environment. Yeah. All of these things play into how you feel in your body and about your life. Yeah. Yeah. It's all connected. And yes. can I say, to add on to that, uh, if you're not sure how you talk to yourself, because that's difficult to really hear, look outside, look at the relationships in your life, mm. because the relationship with you have with yourself is reflected in all of the relationships in your life. You can only show up to those relationships with what you show How up with you yourself. Are. Yeah. Wow, that's some good stuff. That's I mean, some good stuff. I'm sorry, Tammy. No, Let me no. take a quick break. I know this is such juicy conversation. This is Full Circle. We will be right back with more conversation. The journey to self-care with my guests, Donna Kirk and Tammy Hackbarth. We'll be right, Hackbarth, I am so sorry. We'll be right back after this. If you have something to add to the conversation, drop us a line at fullcircle975 at gmail.com. It's not just talk when you put it into action. Empowering women through conversation with Miss Wanda. We are back. Thank you so much for staying with the program. Having a wonderful conversation with my guest, Donna Kirk, founder, owner, CEO <laughs> of Deep Awakenings Hypnotherapy and Coaching, and Tammy Hackbarth, the 100% guilt-free self-care coach. And so before we went to the break, um, Tammy was talking about some of what self-care looked like on a global perspective and, and where she stopped at. And I want to go back to it was that relationship. We talked about the relationship you have with yourself, but you also mentioned or wanted to mention about self-talk because that's important. And it, it kind of goes back to what Donna was saying this morning about that thing she was telling herself about you're too skinny, you're too skinny, which Come on, body. Can you say that? <laughs> Can I get some cooperation here? <laughs> yeah, and it's funny because, um, again, I wish I could bring my 10 years ago self and just, like, hold her hand and bring her in and go, see what this used to happen, like, as in, like, a before and after. Because 10 years ago, I couldn't – I would hear people say, well, you know, oh, you have negative self-talk. And I was like, oh, you hear voices? Uh-huh. You're bonkers. That's <laughs> right? so weird. Right? But what I figured out by doing, um, have you guys ever heard of The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron? Yes. No. Okay, it's a 12-week program to kind of dig into your creativity. And the, the that's nor here nor there. And I was like, I don't really care if I'm creative, except I am, and I did. But the, the, the exercise that helped me the most was called Morning Pages. Mm-hmm. And what you do is you get up, you the, the moment you wake up, you go potty, you get back to where you're writing, and you freehand write for three pages, stream of consciousness. Mm. It's kind of like dumping out all your crazy on the page wow. so that you can get all your criticism and all your gunk out and then go on with your day. And so what was so interesting is before I started doing this exercise, I couldn't hear a single criticism in my head. It's because I figured out there were so many critical voices, mm-hmm. they were canceling each other out. Wow. And I just had a constant negative stream of like monkeys screaming in my head <laughs> that I suck, but they were all at different volumes and it was like a wall of sound. That is a but, great visual, by the way. Right? Yeah. But That's through fantastic. This, <laughs> through this, like writing all the gunk out of like, you're awful, you're tired, you're this, you're that, blah, 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 blah. But I was like, wait a second. I only say awful things to myself 
And mm. it's hard to lead a life that you're like, this is amazing, when your head is full of you suck. Oh, that's so good. So a bunch of years ago, I'm like, how old? I? About seven years ago. So I did this artist way thing many years ago. and was like, oh, now I'm aware of the voices. But what do you do with them? Mm-hmm. So when you finally start parsing out, like, these are the negative things that I say to myself, what do you do with that? Yeah. So a number of years ago, I was reading a Brene Brown book, mm-hmm. which right now Miss Wanda is wearing a Courage Over Comfort t-shirt. Yes, I am. Very it's one of my Bre- favorites. Brene Brown quotes. Um, and by reading a Brene Brown book means I was, like, reading the text going to the footnotes, going to the back of the book, finding the books that she referenced in the book for her research, and Mm -hmm. then reading those books because I'm that dorky. And there was a book called Self-Compassion. And I Mm. thought, what is this business? And so I read the book. And I remember what I was wearing when I read this book. It was so life-changing, you guys, that I was like, I think I found the secret to life. And it's this relationship with yourself. And and self-compassion is a practice. It has three parts. The first part is speak kindly to yourself. And I thought, well, this is going to be a life's work in and of itself. Because first, I couldn't even hear how negative I was being. But now that I'm aware that that's there, now I have this, if I'm going to practice self-compassion, I'm going to practice speaking to myself more kindly. As if I'm somebody I love. Like, I would never say to Donna some of the things I say about myself. Mm, I would never say to so my daughter. True. Because the because if you said the things that you say about yourself to other people, they would think you lost your last You would nut. be the biggest jerk on the planet. Exactly. They'd be like, avoid her. Right. She's mean. Right. And maybe a little bonkers. Right? So part one, speaking kindly to yourself. Part two is common humanity. And, and I thought... I don't exactly know what that means. So the author kind of broke it down. And and the long and short of it is we're, we're all humans. And what are humans inherently? They are imperfect. So I'm looking at Donna, and she is having a meltdown outside of Starbucks for some reason. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, because I'm just observing her. Mm-hmm. And instead of me judging Donna's meltdown, I think, oh, she must be having a really hard time. Yeah. And giving her that grace of like, dude, man, that's thank you, super- Tammy. You're very welcome, <laughs> thank Donna. Thank you for allowing that. But like, but you know what I mean? Like, because we have a choice when we see other people doing stuff. Like, we can be like, I'm so much better than you. Like, right. I would never do that. Right. That's ridiculous. You're an idiot. All of these things. Or you mm-hmm. could be like, ooh. That's a hard time you're having over there. Yeah. Well, and you can't offer compassion for other people if you're not giving it to yourself, too. So that right there kind of shows you if you're looking at people melting down and you're judging, what do you do for your own self when right. you're struggling? Exactly. And, and and what most people find is that it's easier to give to other people, especially when they're learning and practicing. Like, it's easier to be kind to your spouse or your kid than it is to yourself, especially if you have a lifetime of being really harsh and having, a like, a really mean critic in your head 24 hours a day. Um, so common humanity, we're all human. I'm offering that person over there grace, and in turn, I'm able to give myself some grace when I'm freaking out. And that the notion that we're all doing our best all the time, and I like to add, even when our best kind of sucks. And then the third part of self-compassion is mindfulness. And I like to translate mindfulness because it sounds very fancy, but I like to um, translate mindfulness as paying attention. Mm. 
so when I notice that I am being super critical of someone else, I'm like, oh, remember how we weren't going to do that anymore? Yeah. Remember how we're giving grace? So I don't beat myself up for mm-hmm. failing to practice self-compassion. I say to myself, we're doing something differently now. How can we find find the grace to give to others so that you give to yourself? Yeah. And, that's, and it's funny, you asked me, what are some of the ways that I know I need to practice self-care? Mm-hmm. Is I get super critical. And mm-hmm. if I'm super critical, I need to dig into myself. Yeah. So the mindfulness helps me remember to be kind to me and to be kind to you. Mm-hmm. So I'm paying attention to what I'm doing. Yeah. So these things, so if you're somebody that's like, I don't really hear negative voices, but you are super judgy of the person yeah. next to you, you're, there's a real good chance you're doing that to yourself too. Yeah. You're just, it's just that it's so routine and common that it's just... It's, it's like white do. noise almost. Mm-hmm. It's it's just in you, right? And so again, like I talked about the unconscious bias earlier, when you you have to really pay attention and notice, which I'm going to get better at noticing because I had I had something come up for me and I didn't pay attention to it and I should have, but that's another story. But um, you know, when you start to notice stuff, you really need to pay attention to what is happening. If you're not showing up the way that you normally do, especially if you're making a shift, you know, or if you find yourself going back to whatever that that way of thinking was, like you were talking about Tammy, like you're good, but then when you start to notice that you get judgy or cranky or whatever it is checking in with yourself to see what is actually going on and what's happening. I always tell people all the time, like I'm my best client because I'll be in the car and like, why did I react to this thing? Or why am I feeling this way in this moment and really having to dig down? So it takes some work. It takes some practice. And especially I like that negativity or that exercise, that three page exercise of just getting that stuff out of your head. And you'd be surprised. Someone could probably say, you know, I wouldn't have anything to say, but you'd be surprised if you just kind of sat there for a moment and allowed yourself to be what actually comes up oh and it's all unpolished it's stream of consciousness the idea is that you start writing and you don't stop writing until the three pages is and sometimes you're like this is dumb why am i doing this this is stupid what is this doing anyway and then the and then you tell yourself your biggest deepest darkest secret in the middle (laughs) of it and you're like well i guess that's why i'm doing this yeah yeah you don't like you don't know what's there until you get quiet and that you slow down and get quiet enough to hear. That's why when Donna was talking about when she did the meditation mm-hmm. and then she heard very clearly what the message was, I was like, girl, I've been there. Mm-hmm. But you have to be willing to be quiet and still enough to hear what your body's telling you, yeah. to hear those secrets that your mind is keeping from you yeah. in your busyness. Yeah. yeah, being willing and ready to be open to that, you know. And even if you come in resistant, I think, like you were talking about, just like, oh, I don't know what I'm writing right now. This is dumb. But if you just allowed yourself a moment or so, like things, those thoughts that come to your mind, whatever they are, write those things down. And I mean, even after a week, go back and look at what you're saying to yourself. Then call Donna and help her to and have her help you. <laughs> have her help you break through some of those things that you're saying to yourself. Man, what a wonderful conversation. Oh man, this is some really good stuff and I think that it's important for people to hear so that they can start to recognize, especially if you, you know, you're going along routinely and things just don't feel like they're falling into place for you. A lot of times it's that inward look that we have to take with ourselves first 
before we can even do anything to move forward. Well, one of the things I want to um, bring up, too, is in that common humanity piece, because if we if most people are living with those beliefs that self-care is selfish or that you're broken. But what happens when you see somebody else practicing really good self-care? Mm. What do you say about them? Oh, yeah. Are you like, oh, it must be nice? Mm-hmm. Or are you like, you're selfish or you're broken? Like, how do you interact with other people who are trying to do the work? Because that can also be a clue of like what you need. Like when yeah. you look at other people and you have some judgment about what they're doing and how they're getting it done. Yeah. I used to feel offended. And that was because probably because I wasn't doing the work myself. So Tammy's looking at me like, what? I know. But, I'm like, tell me But more. what I mean what by, mean that, by that, that is I had one friend and she would say, like, I'd say, oh, you know, we should do this or that or whatever. And she'd say, no, I, you know, I just really need to, you know, just kind of take a, you know, chill out on doing some things. And I don't want to do that. Um, it's not something that I, you know, am interested in doing. I need to do like she would have these like self-care Sundays or whatever, where she would just shut everything down, shut off the phone, everything. Right. And she was like, no, that's that's my self-care Sunday. And I was like, what do you mean? Like, She just dropped a self-care Sunday bomb like that. Right. Like, yeah. right. Here and we so go. There's some like, boundaries for you, Wanda. How you dealing right. with the boundaries? And I was like, what do you mean self-care? I mean, I I appreciate that, but don't you want to come over here and eat Jamaican food with me? Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> She's so, like, any day but Sunday, Wanda. Right. <laughs> and so I actually started doing that for myself. But at first, because I wasn't there yet. I, you know, I still, I hadn't been honoring my own self. And so I wasn't there. And while I was like, yeah, you know, that's, that's cool. I didn't really appreciate what that meant until I started doing it for myself. And I'm still not really great at it, but I'm doing a lot better. Like I have to actually physically write a reminder. Like I have this four month calendar in my bedroom. Um, and so I put for December, I put do not schedule anything during the week. Um, for the month of December to focus on you. Like I actually had to write that because if not, if someone would call and say, hey, let's go to coffee. Hey, let's go to lunch. Hey, do you want to go to this happy hour? Hey, do you want to see a movie? I'd be like, oh yeah, yeah, I want to do that. I want to do that too. I want to do that. And I was, I was finding that I was running from the things that I really wanted to do because I wasn't ready to do those things. And so I would fill my calendar with busyness. So I wasn't there at the time that she was like, nope, it's self-care Monday, it's self-care Sunday. I'm not doing these things. I'm taking my phones off, you know, just focusing on me. I wasn't there at the time, but now I've gotten to be there and I appreciate it more. It also goes to, and you said it, uh, setting boundaries, right? Setting boundaries is probably the most, it's like, next level it's like advanced level self-care because you're like oh i have to say no to other people so i can say yes to me right what does that mean about me as a person what is it like and practicing that is hard because you have to say i matter too yeah Yeah. So when we come back from the break, Donna actually has a workshop coming up on Friday about setting boundaries. Now, it's you're you're talking in regards to business, but the foundations are. Oh, they're all it's just setting personal personal boundaries. Yeah. So we're going to talk about that when we come back from the break. This is Full Circle. I am your host, Miss Wanda, having a wonderful conversation with my guests. It's the journey to self-care. If you are not 
taking care of yourself, like really, truly honoring yourself. Make sure you continue to stay tuned because we're going to tell you about Donna's workshop, how you can find out how to start setting those personal boundaries, which a lot of people struggle with, um, and so much more. So keep it right here. It's Full Circle. We'll be right back. Like and share our Facebook page at Full Circle 97.5. And she's back, empowering women one conversation at a time. This is Full Circle with Miss Wanda. This is Full Circle. Thank you for staying with the program. I am your host, Miss Wanda, and we appreciate your support. Thank you so much for listening to the show. For all of those that hit me up on Facebook that have texted me, thank you so much for everyone that supports the show by following Facebook um, and Instagram, for emailing me, for sending me show ideas. I promise I'm working on a whole lot. And don't forget in April, the Full Circle second anniversary is coming up. Not sure what we're doing for the birthday party yet, but make sure you stay tuned. I will have more details for you soon. I'm having a conversation with my guest, Tammy Hackbarth, who is the, you know, I always like to emphasize the 100% (laughs) guilt-free self-care coach and Donna Kirk, founder of Deep Awakenings, hypnotherapy and coaching. And I, again, I just, I'm fascinating with, fascinated with um, hypnotherapy and what that can do for you. And it's not what you think people, it's not the Look, look at the watch, stare deeply, and then you fall out and then you're clucking like a chicken, like you said. Like it really is that inner work that you have to be open and ready. But re- if you're ready to do that inner work, I would recommend that you, you know, at least explore it and check it out. It may be something for you. But we talked about before the break boundaries, which I think a, a lot of my friends know how I feel about boundaries. Like I am a huge proponent of making sure you draw good and healthy boundaries and um, speaking of boundaries Donna you've got a workshop coming up uh, this Friday which I'm so excited about I will definitely be in the house mapping your personal boundaries tell us a little bit about that all right um, it is going to be at the Sacram- uh, Sacramento Women's Business Center although it's not just for women uh, men have come to those classes too so um, anyone who feels called please come uh, and essentially it uh, I created the workshop because I see a need for people to understand how to create boundaries to understand what they are um, and to understand the responsibility that we all have in creating our own mm-hmm. um, and of course I came to this realization through struggling with with my own boundaries. <laughs> right. um, and a lot of people, when they think of having somebody having uh, unhealthy boundaries, they only think of, you know, the person who just can't say no. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, the yes person, the tired person. And the truth is, is there's actually two different sides of it. There's two different extremes. There is the weak boundaries, which would be the person who can't say no um, and is, is always exhausted and um, lending their car to a stranger or whatever, right? Um, then there's the other side, which is rigid boundaries. And that's the person who kind of keeps everybody out, mm. right? Um, and uh, if somebody crosses a boundary, you know, they, uh, they're aggressive in their response mm-hmm. to it. Um, and boundaries are really something everybody has different ones, and the responsibility that we have is to know where's where ours are, 
Uh, and if they're not there, we need to place them for ourselves. And then we have to educate other people that they're there. Mm-hmm. Since we all have unique boundaries, we don't know where everybody else's is. And so we tend to get offended or angry if somebody steps over it. But they probably don't have the same kind of boundaries we do. Or maybe they don't have healthy boundaries or who knows. You make such a good point. That's so true that we think everyone thinks alike. And just because I, it's, it's kind of like values, too. What's important to me, I feel like if you're my friend, then you honor these same values. It's the same thing with boundaries. It's like, if you're my friend, you should know X, Y, Z or whatever. And that's not the case. And then when people, when we don't articulate it and people cross those boundaries, then it's, you know, we're resentful or, you know, angry or whatever it is. But we haven't articulated what those boundaries look like for us. Exactly. And so you have to know what your boundaries are. You have to understand that other people don't know what they are, mm-hmm. and they have different ones possibly. And then you have to have tools in which to enforce them that mm-hmm. work for you. Yeah. And everybody's different, right? Yeah. But if your tools are creating uh, harshness in your relationships with people, maybe you need to get different tools. Mm-hmm. Maybe you need to find different ways. And that you, you do that with um, having assertive communication. A lot of times you have to have an uncomfortable conversation. Uh, it makes me think of the conversation I had with lovely Ms. Wanda just yesterday. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'll just be honest. Um, I got a little nervous before I came on the show and I yeah. wasn't sure I wanted to or not. Yeah. And um, uh, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do about it. And, and uh, I was I was thinking, well, do I just, you know, be unprofessional and stop and just tell her I can't do it or whatever. And I ended up reaching out to her and just said, hey, can you give me a call? Mm-hmm. And we talked about it. Um, and she was wonderful in holding the space for me and just being assertive and talking about, you know, how I was feeling and the needs and such just opened everything up. And I ended up actually even feeling more comfortable with her. So thank you for yeah, being Yeah, and then you came cartwheeling down the hall to get here this morning. <laughs> yes, I did. And I'm so glad I did. Well, and I just want to bring up that a lot of people, when they hear the word boundaries, yeah. they're not exactly sure what it means. Mm-hmm. And my girl, Brene, you guys, I love Brene Brown. So just in case anyone's wondering, I have to mention her again. Yeah. Um, she says that boundaries are just letting people know what's okay with you and what isn't. Mm-hmm. And in, in when I talk to my clients and uh, podcast listeners about boundaries, it's like it's building fences that work. So sometimes your fences keep things in and sometimes your fences keep things out and sometimes your fences are tall and sometimes they are made of different things and sometimes they're see-through. And, and so you get to define what kind of boundaries that you have mm-hmm. because you're saying this is okay with me and this is not. Yeah. Yeah, but absolutely. there's also it's interesting because it also comes back to how you value yourself because, you know, you have to stand firm in what is OK for you. Yeah. Yeah, that's so true. And, and, and it really is about that, you know, respecting and honoring the things that feel good for you and that don't feel good for you. And what you know. And so I was going to ask the question of why do you think people are afraid to draw boundaries? Because that's a huge thing when they think when people think boundaries, they think, you know, stop, hold it at bay, hold people at bay and be this forceful, uh, you know, mean person when that's really not the case at all. Maybe in some some instances, depending on the relationship, that may be the case. But for the most part, it's honoring yourself. And being able to articulate that. And I think a lot of, I know a lot of, and even I struggle sometimes, even now, with being able to articulate the boundary because 
I don't want to hurt people's feelings or, you know, I don't want them to be mad at me. And, and that's something that you really have to work through. You're a, you're afraid of, of affecting the relationship in a negative way. But the truth is, is that if you don't speak up about your boundaries mm-hmm. and you don't talk about it, you're not assertive, you're already hurting the friendship or the relationship because now there's this, you know, elephant in the room. There's mm-hmm. this, there's a say, space between you that you're not able to connect and be authentic with. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I was going to say that now you're, you're, um, Taking no action sometimes is a bigger action than taking action. Mm -hmm. Like by having the lack of conversation, you're still uncomfortable, but the other person doesn't know. Mm -hmm. But at least when you vocalize and you you trust that person enough to have that conversation, you're also then dealing with real information because sometimes there are people who are like, oh, I had no idea. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Like mm-hmm. I didn't know that. I like and, how how could I possibly know? You didn't tell me. That's right. That, that's that whole thinking. Everybody thinks the way you do, and they all. Oh well, no, you know they wouldn't do that unless it meant this, right? But because you assume that their behavior is in some way a reflection of what your values are, but yeah, right. they could be different. We were talking about how do you draw those boundaries? How do you know whether or not they're and help boundaries can be healthy too. So again talked about how people like like it's it's not a good thing but it's really a good thing in the end even if you have to have that hard or difficult conversation that in the end it's what's serving you yes yeah there was a oh i was gonna say you talked about people reacting we expect people to react or have the same boundaries that we have. Mm -hmm. And I was just reflecting on before the phone rang, um, a conversation with my best friend. And so she was talking about uh, someone that she was dating or potentially dating. And she said, he didn't do this thing. And I said, well, why would you expect him to? Because that's what I would do. Mm -hmm. And I said, you cannot penalize people for not reacting the way that you would react people you know he doesn't know you you're just getting to know him you know and that that is mind-blowing for many people and i know it was for me when i first started looking at at my life that way and recognizing how i interpret other people's actions based upon how i would act you know and that's, that's a, a lot of assumption. Right. There. I was like, that's a recipe for, I will only take things personally. Oh, and amen. This is Everything's not, not going to work out for anyone <laughs> because I'm going to take this little bit of information and I'm going to hold it against you. Yes. Because you're not acting the way that I think that you should, even right. though I did not give you the script right. for which we are working on. Right. <laughs> and that's why, so really many, that's why so many relationships fall apart, too, yes. because we're not communicating you know, and I, I, my son, uh, I was having dinner with him a couple of weeks ago, and um, I was saying to him, or actually it was before that, but I was saying he was embarking on a new relationship, and um, no, it wasn't my son, sorry. It was a young man that was preparing to get married. He's engaged, and he and I were talking, I was congratulating him, and he goes, do you have any advice for me, you know, before I get married? And I said, absolutely. I said, when I got married, everyone just said, oh, communication's the key. But no one ever said what that really looked like. I said, so for you, and that didn't turn out well for me, you know. (laughs) So (laughs) I said, for you, what that means to me and what I would tell you moving forward is break it down. So what does it look like when you are in conflict? 
how do you handle conflict? I said, and have that conversation with your fiance. How do, what does conflict look like for her? And what does she do? Does she shut down? Does she, is she a talker, want to talk it out? We're not going to bed till we hash it out. Those kind of things. And really dig into those questions. When you're feeling sad or stressed or lonely or whatever, how, what does that look like for you? How do you show up in those spaces? When it comes to money, you know, how are you dealing with money and really communicating about those things so that you're not putting undue expectations on her and she's not putting undue expectations on you because you both come with a different set of Samsonite. You both got different luggage, right? You got mm-hmm. baggage that from your childhood. So maybe your parents were overspenders or whatever. And she was came from a different mindset, having expectations on people. It's important for us to make sure that we are communicating exactly what those look like. And even if you don't know, say, well, you know, I don't know, but let's explore. But having those conversations so that we're not putting undue pressure on people to react and be the way that we are, how we see the world, because we're coming with two different lenses right and so it's important to be able to do that and that's in in boundaries and setting those boundaries so that workshop is friday go ahead donna yes and i i think you know uh earlier talking about that sort of boundaries stop right that Mm -hmm. big harsh thing really creating boundaries is actually creating you're actually being vulnerable in creating them which is partly why people struggle to do it because we're afraid to be vulnerable with people right um but uh, it really does to have that conversation like you're talking about with your your loved ones mm-hmm. to talk about what your needs are, how you're feeling, how you struggle when, you know, something's going wrong. Because um, we all kind of go into protection mode, right. right? Putting up our big walls, like, like Tammy was saying, the fortress or whatever you said, the gigantic wall, mm-hmm. as opposed to bringing it down taking a moment and just saying, well, maybe they didn't mean to do this or maybe maybe I read this wrong. Let me reach out. Uh, and be vulnerable, yeah. and it's it's scary, but it's also how you you grow closer and uh, and have your own needs met, so the other person knows them. Absolutely. Um, so the workshop is absolutely free. Yes, it's happening this Friday. I'm so <laughs> afraid of this phone right now. Can I draw a phone boundary? <laughs> Ninety-seven five. Hello. Hi. How are you? How are you doing? Great. How are you? Good. I, I, I listen to the conversation. It's, it's beautiful. The platform, everything. But it, it this might be a, like a chauvinistic remark, but wasn't the world a better place when men did what they supposed to do and women did what they supposed to do? You know what? It's not chauvinistic at all. I think you're absolutely right. And I think part of the problem is, is that things have gotten a little blurred. So, yeah, when we when men step up to the plate the way they're supposed to and we compliment them as women. Absolutely. I think it, I think you're right. And, and that's OK. It's not chauvinistic at all. Uh, not to my not in my opinion anyway. OK. OK. I just I just I, I, I agree because I get the, the Me Too movement and the power of women and Women make probably make more money than men do these days. So that money is not is just doing what you're supposed to do as a man, mm-hmm. and you do what you're supposed to do, and then we come together, and it should be heavenly. You are absolutely right. And so, what you, what I would like you to do is tell your fellow men that right is come you know come on step up as men yeah, and let's I, let's come together. I have, I, have, I have three sons. I have three sons. I'm telling them all the time. Yeah. If, if you have a if you have a kid, you got to take care of that kid. You're not. I don't care what she does. You got you. You got the, you, your life just changed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So as a man, step up and then let her do a woman. I, I'm not telling you 
to guide her. Whatever. I mean, you, you want to, but don't worry about it. You do your man part. You do your thing. Take care of that kid. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's all around setting boundaries for each other. Thank you so much for calling. We appreciate the call. Okay, thank you. Uh-huh, bye. Um, you know, he makes a good point, and it, uh, I think it all goes back to having that communication when you're in, embarking on a relationship, or even if you're in relationship now, is we're, how, do we, how are we coming to the table? And that all wraps around boundaries. I'm, I'm sharing my boundaries. I'm sharing my expectations. I'm sharing my thoughts with you. Because if we don't, the communication, the relationship is going to break down because we don't have that foundation of those things. So thank you for calling, sir. That's a wonderful comment that you brought. The co- uh, I want to go back to Donna's um Workshop. So if you are looking to explore this whole idea of boundaries, mapping your personal boundaries, it's an absolutely free workshop that is happening this Friday, uh, February 28th, which I can't believe it's February 28th already. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> anyway, um, go ahead and tell the tell the family about your workshop, Donna. So it is from 10 a.m. until noon. Uh, space is limited, so please register. And you can do that by going to www.cacapital.org. Um, and once again, it's called Mapping Your Personal Boundaries. We will be doing um, some exploration about having obstacles to healthy boundaries. Um, everyone will do have some um, practice in uh, different ways of enforcing it that are healthy. Um, it should be a good time. And um, you'll, you'll come away with a better understanding of where... It, the truth is we all have boundaries. Uh, some are weak in certain areas and mm-hmm. stronger in other areas. Mm-hmm. You'll come away with a good understanding of your own personal personal map of boundaries Mm -hmm. and ways in which you can shift the ones that you're unhappy with. Yeah, absolutely. So that's happening this Friday, February 28th, 10 a.m. until 12 p.m. at the California Capital Women's Business Center. But again, it's not just for women. Uh, The the workshop is open to everyone, and that's at 1792 Tribute Road, Suite 270 in Sacramento. You can get more details by going to the website cacapital.org forward slash events, and you will be able to find that. Again, it's called Mapping Your Personal Boundaries. And the amazing Donna Kirk will be the facilitator. Now I want to go over to Miss Tammy. First of all, I want to talk, I want to wrap back into something that we talked about earlier, but I want to make sure that the people know about your podcast, which I was a guest on. Thank you very much. Uh, But I want to talk about the podcast, what you're doing in the world. And then there was something that we had talked about at the break. I'm not sure. It'll come up, but tell everyone where they can find you and tell us about your podcast. So my podcast is called 100% Guilt-Free Self-Care. And for some of the seasons, I do solo shows with tips and tricks on actually how to bring guilt-free self-care into your life. And other uh, seasons, I interview women all over the world about their work that they do in the world. Because ever since I was a little kid, I my underlying desire is to make the world a better place for women. And... I feel like we do that through sharing stories and connecting people. And one of the questions I like to ask people is, what is your history with self-care and how is it going well and where could it be going better? So that people can, to um, internalize the message, my self-care doesn't have to be perfect to make a perfect life. Nothing has to be perfect. We're all in progress. We're all making peace with ourselves. We're all working towards 
uh, living our big lives. Mm-hmm. And um, and right now, I am doing a series on the Enneagram, which is a personality framework. Mm-hmm. And my host, Holly Holt, and I are uh, breaking down the Enneagram, each type, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And then we are talking about what are specific self-care practices for each Enneagram type. So nice. that's what we're doing on the, the pod these days. On the pod. On I love the pod. that. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah, the podcast is wonderful. Um, and if you haven't had a chance, make sure you go out and find it. It's called 100% Guilt-Free Self-Care with Tammy Hackbarth. And it's it's a it's a really good uh, podcast. The Enneagram. I know my friend Carrie. Shout out to to my friend Carrie neighbor. Um, Carrie was the one that introduced me to the Enneagram. I still haven't taken the test or know what my personality is, but I can still listen to. I'm assured that I can still listen to the podcast and be able to identify what my my type is and what the Enneagram is. It's it's another personality assessment, right? Yeah, it's a framework. It shows. Unlike um, other frameworks, the the Enneagram actually shows you your tender shadow bits. Mm -hmm. It's all what I like to say, the bad news. Mm -hmm. The things that you try to keep secret from people are revealed. (laughs) But it helps with that self-acceptance piece where you're like, oh, cool. So you see my bad bits and you love me anyway. This is terrific. I'll work on that for myself. (laughs) (laughs) Now, what do you have coming up besides a podcast? And, And who do you work with? I mean, let's tell folks about you. Well... I work with women, uh, again, all over the world, and I have two tracks of women. I work with uh, female entrepreneurs who are like, I have this really great idea. How do I do it? But I'm super stuck because I am overworked, overwhelmed, and how do I get that? That's what it was. It's it was getting out, of, getting out of being stuck. Yeah, getting out of being stuck because it's it's hard to do your true life's work when you are up to your eyeballs and you're not sure why you're doing it work. And then the other... A group of women I work with are people who they want more for their lives. They're like, I want that promotion. I want to have the confidence to go after the big job. Mm-hmm. Like I've worked through lots of, I worked with lots of women who have stayed home or worked part time where their kids were little. And then they're like, oh, my kids are at school full time. And now what do I do? Yeah. So I work a lot with women on confidence. I work with a lot of women on building in self-care into their life because they're like, you know, I'm 40 now. And it turns out I can't phone it in. Yeah. My doctor, like all the things that y- your entire life, your grandma and your mom has been like, you should sleep and you should rest and you should get all these things done. Um, it, there comes a point where it's no longer negotiable. Mm-hmm. You actually have to do these in order to like keep your health and, and, and work on your longevity. Yeah. I help people build in like routines and and rituals to make those things happen. Good deal. Yeah. So if you want more information, you can go to her website, TammyHackbarth.com. I'll also put a link on the show page. Um, or you can follow her on social media at... Tammy Hackbarth. At very Tammy clever. Hackbarth. Yeah. It's very, <laughs> and it's T-A-M-I, just so you know, family. But you can find her, all her information, again, on her website. And again, if, that, if that's something that you're struggling with, that finding ways to incorporate self-care into your life, um, or improving the practices that you already have, or thinking, uh, getting ideas for new practices, how to just incorporate that thing. Make sure you check out Tammy. It's TammyHackbarth.com and on social media, Tammy Hackbarth. And Miss Donna, <sighs> the hypnotherapy thing again, I'm just so fascinated by that. Um, let's talk again about who you work with, what you do and how people can find you. Well, you can find me at uh, deepawakenings.com. I'm also on Facebook. 
Um, and I work with people who are really ready to just transform their lives. Um, if they are uh, struggling with feelings they don't know what to do with, mm-hmm. um, if they've got some habits they don't like, just something that they're just they're fed up with and they're ready they're ready to move on and change it and experience life in a, a more empowered way. Um, they're ready to feel more free and really just to be authentic to create the kind of relationships, um, the kind of work the kind of inner world that they would really like to, but they're just struggling. Mm-hmm. Those are the people I want to see. Okay. And how can we find you? Oh, you said Facebook. Uh, I'm on Facebook. And then uh, my um, website's uh, deepawakenings.com. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Deepawakenings.com. And uh, you can contact Don at 916-256-7722. Again, that's 916-256-7722. That's 7762. I am sorry. I got glasses on. Still can't see. <laughs> 916-256-7762. Did we talk about how, why you made the leap from your 18-year career over to what you're doing. Did we talk about that? No, we didn't. Tell the people so, about it. Because I think it's important for people to hear how you've done the work so you can help them do the work. Well, uh, I found the work really because I struggled myself for a long time mm-hmm. um, with some internal stuff. And I, about the age of 35, I was like, I don't want to keep going on like this. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I started just diving in and doing a ton of work. Um, and in doing so, uh, really just found um, a lot of joy in my life and a lot more freedom. And um, my relationships all got better. Mm-hmm. Um I got closer with my friends, my family, everybody, the mm-hmm. whole the whole enchilada. And at the time, and for 18 years, I worked at the iconic Tower Cafe. Mm-hmm. Um, still love that place, and I miss my coworkers there. Um, hi, they're all working right now really hard. Yeah. So, um, But I was there for 18 years, and I learned a ton. I was the head manager and the director of personnel, so I was working with people on all levels. If there was complaints, it was coming to me, personnel issues, mm-hmm. everything. Um, so I worked with people. Uh, all the time. And, um, but I, I, I found even though I was working with people, I was only able to work with them on certain levels. And I really missed being able to connect with people on a deeper level and do the kind of work that really speaks to my soul. So uh, last year, uh, in October, right before my birthday, my 43rd birthday, uh, I left and went full time on doing this. And congratulations to you, because that's a big step. Yes, thank you. It's a big step to walk away (laughs) from your security, right, to go and do the thing that serves you. But uh, I'm a firm believer that when you do that, that God or the universe, however you want to look at it, but I say God, um, will bring, will take care of you. Like you are doing the work. I'm sure there may have been days like, I don't know how this is going to happen. I don't know how I'm going to live. No, but something always, But something always comes through, right? Don't talk to my family or my friends about that, okay? <laughs> but something always comes through when I think that when we're serving ourselves, things just kind of fall into line. When we're serving the passion that we have that's placed in our heart, that yes. things always come in, come align. Yes. So, yes. absolutely. Man, this has been a wonderful show. Thank you so much for listening. Um, again, if you want to reach out to our guests, uh, visit uh, Donna at Deep Awakenings Hypno. I'm looking at your website, deepawakenings.com, or you can give her a call at 916-256-7762. You can also follow her on Facebook at Deep Awakenings Hypnotherapy and Coaching. Mm-hmm. Right. All right. And then Tammy Hackbarth, again, check out her podcast, 100% Guilt-Free Self-Care with Tammy Hackbarth. You can also find her online. 
at TammyHackbarth.com. Again, I'll post links to both of the ladies' uh, website pages. Um, or you can follow her on Instagram and Facebook at Tammy Hackbarth. And again, make sure you check out the podcast. And for me, family, make sure you are following the show on Instagram and Facebook at Full Circle 97.5. Um, also, if you have show ideas, if you have, if you're a you know potential guest um, or you have ideas for the show, make sure you email me at Full Circle 97.5. 975 at gmail.com and don't forget every Tuesday after the live episode the uh, episodes will be uploaded to podcast so make sure you're subscribing to the show it's Miss Wanda's Full Circle Radio and you can find that on Apple, Spotify Google and Stitcher Anchor and so many other platforms so make sure that you look for that make sure you subscribe and share the show with the with your friends and family we'll, really would appreciate it and I think they would benefit a lot from hearing the show uh the lady your friend that um i met yesterday she was driving back to the city and i was like okay listen to tammy's episode i mean not tammy's episode listen to cachet's episode and then listen to carly's episode so just really hope that people share the show because it is very good I'm I'm a little biased, but that's how we're doing it on a Saturday morning. Thank you so much for listening and supporting Full Circle. Uh, We will be back next week with more show. Until then, show love to everyone you meet. And uh, peace and blessings to you, family. We'll see you next week. This has been Full Circle. Follow our Facebook page at Full Circle 97.5.